You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us on the line right now is Del Warren. Del is the vice president of Kegel Training Center. He's also the head coach of the Weber men's bowling team. He's a USBC certified uh, gold level coach and one of the top 100 coaches, coaches on Bowler's Journal International. Del, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. I know one of the things that um, as a lot of bowlers are getting ready for the USBC Open, and this ties in well with your, your uh, head coaching of the Weber men's bowling team, is the conditioning that bowlers have to get in. So I thought we'd begin with some tips for some of our bowlers, some of our uh, male and female participants in the USBC Open, both men and women, and talk about what they need to do physically because a lot of times we only focus on what you need to do on the lanes and how you need to prepare for the lanes. But talk about how you prepare your your team uh, as well uh, physically as well as uh, when they're ready to go on the lanes. That's a, you know, bowling today is much more physically challenging. The higher ball speeds uh, and the higher rev rates that are inherent in today's game, you know, it's got to come from somewhere. And so, uh, you know, the free, at USBC Open, as you know, you don't get a lot of practice. Uh, you don't get a lot of warm-up time. And uh, uh, so, and, and you don't have a lot of shots to give away if you're going to score high and, and possibly win an eagle. So uh, our kids have a... a Three days for an hour and a half each day, mandatory fitness with a trainer. Uh, they have uh, you know, two team trainings and one individually. And uh, most of the kids actually train in the gym. They love it so much, uh, and they they find out that it's so important. Uh, you know that they throw the ball better and they think better when they're more fit. Um, so a lot of the the, the training now that's been designed by the, the trainers at Weber. Uh, through the, the last five years is, is really focused on uh, a lot of movement, a lot of balance, uh, a lot of stretching, uh, cardio, uh, and just being just very well-rounded physically. So somebody would just focus on a, on a not necessarily something for bowling, but just something in terms of uh, their overall fitness and have some strength training, some stretching, and some cardio uh, I think, you know, not only will they bowl better, uh, but they'll feel better and their overall health will be better. You know, Adele, I, I definitely agree with the conditioning both mentally and physically. And, you know, being a top-level coach, one of the best in the nation, as well as a former PBA great, 
what would you suggest for players that, let's say, more toward my age? I mean, I, I just turned 59 years of age, and, and my legs have always been in good shape, working in a pro shop, walking all day. But the rest of the body obviously doesn't respond as well as it did maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago. So what, what can someone near my age do? I'll say exactly what my great friend T.J. McCann, who is a chiropractor in town, I've been treated by you know with chiropractics for over 30 years. Um, he's a third-generation chiropractor. He also has a, a master's degree in uh, biochemistry. Um, as he tells me, because I'm 50, I'll be 53 here in the next few days, and he just says that a good physical fitness program and watch your diet, very simply. Um, Get 30 minutes of exercise every day, a little bit of cardio, um, and uh, just a basic uh, strength and conditioning. Nothing, you know, nothing extraordinary. Just exercise and and eat sensibly. Uh, eat frequent meals a day, uh, five meals a day with uh, protein and carbohydrates. And for my lower back, especially as you get older, a lot of stretching. Um, I stretch my lower back uh, every morning. For 10 minutes, and then if I do happen to get a few practice games in, I make sure I stretch. I do a, uh, a dynamic stretch, and uh, I know that back when we went to PE in school and junior high, they used to do a cold stretch. Um, everyone did. Well, research has found that, that that's really pretty bad to stretch a cold muscle and then do some activity. What you want to do is you want to heat up the muscle um, before you bowl, and literally, as TJ says, before you bowl, you really should get into a light sweat before you throw a bowling ball. So our team actually has, uh, it takes them about seven minutes to warm up. And it's it, they get into a pretty intense between jumping jacks and running in place and, and doing some dynamic stretching to where they're actually, their body is heated up and ready to go. Well, Dellen, I, I think you hit on some key points there, and all, all things for us to keep in mind is being active, and, and we go out to these tournaments and keeping our, our lower back and our, our core stretched out and, and our, our core muscles and everything and staying hydrated. I know that's uh, the altitude and, and uh, going out to Reno, especially this year, that's some things folks, like you said, need to keep in mind. want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit on coaching because before uh, before we got on with you, me and Joe were just kind of chatting, and I, I told him that I'm kind of retooling my whole game. And um, I'm just curious, at, as um, I'm – 37 now I had to think about that um is there a point when when it's really hard to, to teach an old dog new tricks or or can you always you know and this is for any bowler out there is thinking man I, I've been doing this for quite a while I want to get this hiccup out of my game and I'm just either there for whatever reason they they haven't done it yet is it something that any bowler can try to f figure out and take out of their game a, a, a little little thing they're trying to work on a little skill to me there's only two limiting factors uh number one is how much time are you willing to put in when a coach gives you a plan uh, of action to improve? And that's really, uh, when people come to the training center, um, it really is a limiting factor. And, uh, you know, the, the thing when I uh, do an interview with someone, um, I ask them now, how much time are you going to put into the plan that I give to you? And that really, what their answer is, dictates how much I can change and work on their mechanics. Um, you know, if it's, for example, if it's three games a week, you know, there's not a, there's, I'm not going to be giving them a list of five things to work on. It'll probably be one. And 
the second thing is how healthy are they? You know, um, if they have a bad knee or a bad lower back, there are certain positions um, that are that are the, the best positions to deliver the ball with good energy and good direction that you really have to get into to maximize the rev rate and the ball speed and the accuracy. So, you know, if they get some lower back problems and some hip problems and some knee problems, uh, and it's they're non-bowling related, um, that would be a limiting factor as well. But I'm going to tell you, um, I really am envious of the kids growing up today because we know so much more about the cause and effect of the biomechanics of bowling uh, compared to what you know when Randy and I grew up bowling, um, we can make people better faster than ever before, and uh, it really we know how to get to the root cause and find the one thing that will fix a lot of other things. So every single bowler can get better by leaps and bounds. So now what is a good number then for someone? Is it is it ten games a week? Is it fifteen games a week? Is it until they get that that you know, the little checklist of things that you give them, or, or can we put a number on that? Well, it, it certainly is more than three games a week. But, you know, you, you bowl, and it's really not about the amount as it is about the quality of the time that you actually focus. I mean, if you get three hours of practice a weekend, you know, an hour or three days a week, or maybe an hour and a half, two days a week, and you really work on what a coach gives you, and you don't try to just go down and knock down pins, you can really see some improvement in your game, without a doubt. And some of it, a lot of what Randy and I work on, is just basic fundamentals. Good alignment. Sliding and, and having a line where mathematically it lines up is such an important key to good mechanics. And so many people, I'm going to tell you, 95% of people who come to Kegel have alignment problems, much like you hear about in golf. Uh, you know, their, their lower body's aimed one way, their upper body's aimed another, and the, the club face is, you know, aimed another direction. And I, we see the same thing in bowling all the time. A lot of it has to do with bowling on house conditions. House conditions promotes a lot of times misalignment because it's so forgiving, and you really don't see misalignments a lot of times until you get on something a little bit tougher. The other thing that a good alignment will do is it will make you a very good spare shooter. And if I never taught you how to hit the pocket more, and I mean anybody that's listening out there, but all I taught you is good alignment, you would automatically make a lot more spares. And let's face it, you make an extra spare, you know, you make two extra spares in a, in a three-game you know, series, you're going to knock down an extra 22 sticks three games, just an extra two. That doesn't count. Now I turn a six count into a nine count. I turn a nine count into a strike, and I do that a couple of times, you know, every game. You know, your average just doesn't go up five or six or seven pins. It goes up 15 pins. And it's that simple to get better. Um, the challenge sometimes is, is, you know, when people go to a coach, whether it's at Kegel or somewhere else, a lot of times they don't necessarily follow the exact instruction of the coach. They take some of it, and then they augment it themselves, and they don't understand that you can't just, it's like halfway baking a cake. You can't just halfway bake a cake. You have to follow the ingredients of the cake and, and add the ingredients like the recipe says, and then cook it a certain way to get the cake that you want. 
And that's where I see people try to take shortcuts a lot of times, and, and there really isn't a shortcut to success. Well, Dell, if we can switch gears here a little bit, uh, being a former ball designer, core designer with track for, I don't know how many years, and were you president of track or was that vice president? I was president of track for five years, and then I worked in uh, consumer products. I worked for AMF for 10 years. So I did some ball designing from, um, I think uh, it was 96 to 2001. Before that, I was the tour rep. So uh, I was in that in that business for almost 15 years. So, so having a, a good working knowledge of the complexities of ball design, surface changes, uh, ball layouts, and the like, how important or how much importance do you put on that aspect of the game to your students, uh, say, primarily at Weber International? I mean, is that a big part of training? Sure. It's, uh, now, 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 I will, I'm going to give you guys a caveat to this because there's a lot of bowlers out there that are spending way too much time on equipment that need to be spending, you know, if you can't hit seven boards, at the break point, there's no reason to have eight ball balls. And simplify your arsenal a little bit. Have a you know something pin up and something pinned down, something shiny, something dull, and a spare ball. You know, keep it simple. But then take that extra money, spend it on a coach. You know, start being a little more accurate and making some spares and getting your mechanics in line. So then, as you get better, now now you'll get the full benefit of learning how to do an arsenal because you can repeat shots. Um, as far as Weber, equipment pay, plays a big role, um, not only in our success. Um, Ebonite International, uh, you know, uh, Ed Gallagher at Ebonite, uh, we use Ebonite products exclusively. Um, we, Randy and I decided to go with Ebonite when we first started our program because, uh, you know, we, we like Ed Gallagher a lot. We like uh, what's going on in Hopkinsville. Uh, they do a lot for the pro shops. They do a lot for coaching, and um, certainly they have quality products. Um, I've had a relationship with them for a long time. Of course, uh, Randy, uh, you know, worked for them for 13 years. So, um, equipment is a huge part of uh, spent time teaching the kids on and and matching up their equipment with what we see here in college bowling and their strengths and weaknesses. Um, and, you know, in college bowling, you get five balls. All of our kids have a spare ball, so really, you know, you, you have four bowling balls. Uh, Randy and I probably spend an hour a day per day in competition just doing surfaces in between blocks for our eight bowlers. And uh, at the same time, you know, we use that as a teaching moment for them because we discuss our strategy with the team and, and each individual. Uh, so that they're learning what we're doing, and we're also getting input from them on, so that if we have to make a surface change uh, the second day versus the first day, and they move some bowling balls around because uh, because of what we see on the lanes, they're learning as well, so that we don't have to make all the decisions for them in the future. So it's it's a huge huge. Once you get to a certain level of player, it's a it's a huge difference in the score, your your overall scoring potential in any term that you go to. Um, but again, as a caveat to that, there are a lot of players that really um, are complicating their games because they're focusing too much on equipment and they need to focus on, uh, on their physical game. 
Well, Dylan, you talk about team play and people working together and, and playing the lanes and strategy, which leads us right into the USBC Open. Uh, this is the first year that we are using for our pattern, for the men's pattern, the Kegel Ice. Um, so that is something that is new to the tournament. A lot of people have questions, hey, you know, because one of the things people like to do is they'll put out their, the pattern or try to mimic putting out this pattern at their local center and try to get give their give the bowlers at that house a, a little bit of a, a, a look at and, and feel of what they may run into at the USBC Open, wherever it's being held at which host city. But with this Kegel Ice, it has a lot of people scratching their heads a little bit. I know we talked to Eric Pearson and, and you know, kind of went into a little bit of things with Eric, but we thought we'd get your thoughts on the Kegel Ice and what, what you think maybe some bowlers should expect this year on how it's going to play different from, from when they set it up at their local house, which, are, you know, in some cases they're going to be using just a regular lane oil. Well, it, it really is pretty simple. I think the name of the, the oil has spooked some people. Like, uh, their ball's never going to hook, and they're going to have to go out and get new balls and uh, use a lot of surface, or a lot more surface than what they're used to. Um, the oil ice definitely um, holds up about 30% longer than any oil that Kegel has, has ever come out with, um, which means that your moves aren't going to be as big, and you're not going to see the huge transitions that you've seen in the past. Um, the lanes will certainly change. Um, you'll have to make moves, but uh, you'll be able to stay in a part of the lane longer, which means, you know, when people can keep their feet uh, somewhat in the same place for a longer period of time, they tend to get more comfortable. They tend to uh, not be thinking about moves as much, and therefore, uh, theoretically, the shots get a little bit better. Um, the, the, the ball does go a little bit longer because the oil... It is, you know, thus the name ice. Um, it wants to make the ball go a little bit longer. Uh, it does retain ball speed longer. Um, and so, therefore, if you put it out a, a different kegel oil with the same pattern, the ice uh, oil will make the, the pattern or the, the ball reaction play tighter or the pattern to play longer. Um, but uh, it isn't going to be, you know, hugely radical you know, like you're bowling on 50 foot of oil and nobody can get a hook. And um, I've seen a lot of posts and a lot of concerns by that, but uh, I've uh, approached three teams now that have come down to the training center, uh, brought the teams down to, to work on the pattern, and uh, very normal surface changes, um, nothing out of the ordinary that I wouldn't normally uh, put on a particular style. Um, and, uh, you know, the team event is going to set up right around part of the lane that most people play, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, somewhere in that, you know, somewhere just to the right or just to the left of the second arrow, um, you know, is, and that's where most people feel comfortable playing. Um, you're going to need something that's going to roll um, like you do on most fresh patterns. You're going to need something that's going to get into a roll. It's going to be pretty controllable out of the gate, and then depending upon how your team breaks the lane down, well, depending upon what your next move will be. So, Del, was the was the thought and intent of this this oil to help keep the pattern from breaking down, or the other thing you could say is, uh, did is this supposed to help people from maybe uh, teams setting up in quotation marks a shot, or or teams taking plastic and playing down fifteen and trying to create some hold area, or teams playing all upside the you know upside the gut or upside the you know two, three, four board to try to create a little little extra bump area. I, I'm guessing with the uh, oil pad or the ice, the way you're talking, that's not going to be an option this year. No, I, I think you're still going to be able to do that. Um, 
Uh, now, uh, I, I have talked to some of the lane technicians at Kegel, and they feel like that if teams try to do that too much, that the lane's going to wet dry on them. And they're actually going to get a lot of over-under if they do that with this oil. Um, but, you know, I go out there in May. I know my team, uh, that's from all over the country, uh, we're definitely going to have a, a plan to break the lane down, for sure. Um, and we're going to definitely burn a certain area of the lane um, so that we, you know, we, you know, set up our team uh, to create a little bit of bump area. And, and let's face it, you know, uh, bowling is about creating margin of error. always has been. And it's not about hitting a mosquito at 45 feet. It's uh, it's about having room to miss. So, you know, you've got to have dry to the right of the head pin, and you've got to oil to the left of the head pin to bowl well. Um, and I don't care who you are, whether you're Walter Ray or Parker Bone or anybody, you've got to have miss room. So, um, you know, you're just not going to see as big a breakdown as fast as you would other oils. So... Yeah, I, I still think that, uh, you know, having a breakdown strategy will work. But uh, uh, this is a new oil, um, and as the technicians have told me, the, the, some teams, you know, try to overthink this too much that they could actually hurt themselves and the lane could wet dry too much, and then you'll have over it. All right, Del. Well, we're going to leave it at that. Uh, again, Del Warren, the vice president of Kegel Training Center, uh, head bowling coach with the Weber men's bowling team, USBC gold certified coach, um, you know, top 100 coach with the Bowlers Journal International, two PBA regional, uh, two PBA titles, and 10 regionals, which I failed to mention in my open. So I apologize there, Del. But um, want to thank you for joining us tonight, and um, all the best of luck with uh, Weber's men's bowling and your team, and then also for your Nationals team. Uh, continued success uh, with everything down at Kegel. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much for having me. You guys do a great job of really uh, you know, getting a lot of very knowledgeable people and educating the masses on a very complex game of bowling. It's changing all the time. And uh, I know as an avid golfer like I am, I'm always on websites and looking for research, and it's really easy to get confused. So... I think you guys do a great job of helping people that just love to bowl um, better understand the game. And, and if they do that, then they're going to get better and enjoy the game more. So, great job to you guys. Thank you, Del, and best of luck in Indianapolis. Thanks. Uh, Randy and I are looking for having a great weekend and uh, bringing home the trophies, man. 